0: Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.
1: It has been said that we are but one generation away from forgetting our history. Welcome to American Heroes Network.
2: Today is July 18th, 2017, and good morning, and welcome to the American Heroes Network Radio. As always, my co-host is Lieutenant Colonel Bill Forbes, U.S. Army Retired. Good morning, sir.
3: Good morning, Gary, and as always, it's great to be with you.
2: Well, I appreciate that, Bill. You know, last week we had a great show. We had Dan Helmuth and Glenn Towery from the Veteran Suicide Prevention Channel. The VSP channel is now providing online benefit help. As we all know, getting benefits that you qualify for can sometimes last for years and totally be a pain. Glenn Towery met Dan Helmuth, who was successful at knowing how to file for benefit claims, and he is now offering his services online and for free through the VSP channel. Bill, what do you think of Dan's services?
3: I think that's outstanding, Gary. As you know, uh, uh, all of the uh, issues that uh, surround Filing service-connected disability claims, it's like a mystery. And to be able to have that kind of access to improving uh, the experience for our veterans, I think it's just great.
2: Right, exactly. And you know, again, knowing uh, knowing a little bit about it, you know, if you leave anything blank, uh, that claim form is filed in the oval file. <laughs> so, that, uh, yeah, you absolutely. Know. <laughs> right. So if you missed that show. Uh, this is one you don't want to miss. Be sure to listen to the to Dan's show on the American Heroes Network archive section of our website. Now we have a couple news articles for you. And, you know, we had the honor of having Travis Mills on our show actually twice. He has recently opened his retreat, and you'll never guess who's coming to dinner. Right, Bill?
3: This is correct. Uh, Travis, as you mentioned, Gary, uh, has now established a retreat uh for veterans uh, in Rome, Maine, and it's uh, a very, very beautiful location there, right on the lakeside. So uh, just recently, in the past week, uh, Travis was uh, in Washington, D.C., to meet with the uh, Vice President uh, Pence, and uh, and at the same time, the uh, president decided to join in on the visit, and he ended up... Uh, with a photo op with the two of them. So uh, right. Travis is doing great work, and we're real proud of him.
2: Yes, definitely. We'll have to have him back on the show. This way, um, you know, we can, he can explain more about his retreat. That's unbelievable. Just uh, just go to travismills.org. You'll learn all about it. Now, we just had uh, another medical condition added to the Agent Orange List, uh, Bill. Tell us a little bit about that.
3: Well, uh, this is this is high blood pressure uh, or hypertension being uh, connected with exposure to um, uh, uh, to, to being a, a a a condition that's presumptive if you served on uh, in Vietnam during the war. And uh, it, the, the, the story behind this is that a VA technical research team recommended back in February of this year that the VA uh, Secretary uh, Shulkin accepted the findings of the National Academy of Medic- Medicine linking Agent Orange to high blood pressure. Uh, it's, uh, and it's almost all August, and the Secretary has still not signed an order putting the high blood pressure on the presumptive list of diseases. Well, Gary, you can imagine what the bottom line is in this, is that uh, it's it's the money situation.
2: right? And it
3: seems as though that the, uh, the Congress and the officials are concerned about a large increase in the cost if the VA high blood pressure is added to the list of presumptive conditions. So we're hoping that it, you know, our leaders will place the veterans and their concern and their health over the money. And, you know, there's always uh, been some discussion about so many accounts out there so that we have a outstanding balance. And we always have to remind them that everything is paid in full, and if you don't believe it, go to those places where we've served and uh, look to the surface, the ground, and the blood is there, and uh, that's uh, the payment that we pay for these services.
2: Right. Now, Bill, what can we do?
3: Well, I think, uh, you know, as we've always said, Gary, the greatest void in the veterans community is a lack of information. Let's continue to talk about this and make our residents in the veterans community aware of it and, uh, you know, position them so that they can talk about it and hopefully we'll get the attention it deserves.
2: All right. So So, can they write their congressman?
3: Absolutely. Absolutely.
2: All right. Well, let's get on with our show. Bill, why don't you introduce our guest?
3: Well, Gary, it's indeed an honor today that we have Roger Martin with us. Now, Roger is the founder and executive director of Grow for Vets. Roger is a proud veteran of the United States Army and has a background in law enforcement who has been coping with chronic pain since the 1970s. He credits cannabis with having saved his life in 2010 by helping him overcome a 10-year dependency on dangerous prescri- prescription
4: drugs. Welcome, Roger, to the American Heroes Network. Well, thanks, Bill. It's an honor to be on with you and Gary. I appreciate it.
2: All right. Now, why don't you tell us, you know, how long has Grow for Vets been around?
4: Uh, we started back in early 2013, and and but we made it official in January of 2014 when we incorporated as a as a nonprofit. So. Grow for Vets USA was the first organization to actually give free cannabis to veterans.
2: All right. Now, as far as uh, uh, the, 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 the whole idea of starting Grow for Vets, um, how, how did you get that idea? I know it well, helped you, but to start an sorry, organization.
4: It, yeah, it, it helped me, but the, really the genesis for it was um, in early 2013, I was training Uh, at a training facility uh, every week, uh, at least once a week, training my uh, then-puppy, German Shepherd. And I I encountered uh, numerous young veterans who were there training service dogs. And so many of them told me their stories, and, uh, you know, a lot of them even, you know, they were trying to come up with, I guess, some commonality from my era to their era. Uh, but anyway, they were very candid and, and shared their stories. And, and so many of them were taking 20, 25 or more prescription medications a day. Uh, and they, a lot of them told me that the only drug uh, that had ever helped them uh, or the only thing that had ever helped them with PTSD, for example, was cannabis. But the problem was is that, uh, you know, most of them, you know, were, had some, were on a disability uh, at some level, and we, you know, we all know how how stingy uh, that is even at a 100% level. Um, so the problem that they faced because they were young and they had kids and so on and so forth was if the kids were starting school next week, you know, they could either, they either had the money to buy the kids a new pair of shoes and new backpack and, you know, things that you typically need to start the school year or buy their medical cannabis uh, but they didn't have the money to do both, and so so many of them told me, guys, that that they were taking these dangerous and deadly prescription drugs uh, simply because of economic reasons. So they took the drugs because they were free from the VA, uh, and they could not afford to buy the <clears throat> excuse me buy the medical cannabis. So uh, you know that you know I woke up one morning at, at three o'clock in the morning and thought, you know, this is just an obscene situation. Uh, you know, if anybody's earned the right to decide what, uh, you know, what they want to use for medicine or what they want to put into their body, uh, you know, is Bill uh, uh, described so well earlier. Um, you know, the blood, sweat, and tears that that these brave men and women, uh, you know, that, that, that's the that's what how they paid for. You know, for what I think is an absolute right to uh, to have access to uh, safe access to free medical cannabis the same way they have safe access to free, deadly drugs that are killing now more than fifty veterans a day between prescription, drug overdose, and suicide.
2: That's terrible. That is terrible. Now, Bill? Are you with us, Bill?
3: i'm I'm here with you, Gary. Uh, uh, one of the things that normally comes up as as we're dealing with this, uh, with the cannabis issue, uh, to try to help our vets, is is the legal uh, ramifications associated
4: with this program. Tell us about the the legal ramifications. Well, there are a couple of a couple of issues. You know, one of the the uh the things that that are most difficult is most difficult for me is the fact that you know we can only help veterans with free cannabis that we've given away and now we've given away uh, in excess of 1.4 million dollars worth of free medical cannabis products to veterans um, we only can do, we can only do that in states of course where it's legal to 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 do that um and so that's been one of my greatest frustrations. The hardest thing that that the the most difficult part of my day typically is reading emails from you know especially mothers and wives, you know, begging me to help their husband or their son or their daughter um, and they live in a like in Nebraska, where I grew up, or some other state where cannabis is not yet legal. and so you know, up to this point, I've had no way to help those people. Uh, you know, I'm excited to be able to announce that uh, uh, within the next couple of months, we'll have a new pro- a program called Operation Airdrop, uh, which will uh, involve us shipping uh, free uh, hemp oil-based products uh, to veterans in all 50 states. Over the last year or so, we've done a lot of, a lot of uh, you know, uh, anecdotal research uh, by giving hemp products to veterans, and the feedback we've gotten on it, uh has been very very positive so uh I'm excited to be able to uh, uh in the next couple of months that, that we're going to be able to actually help vets in all 50 states uh we'll provide these products for free uh probably to just pay the shipping or something uh but we'll also have scholarship deals where people are helping us out uh by donating 19 dollars a month and that'll allow us to uh to send these products out so um, in terms of Dealing with the VA if you utilize cannabis. The official VA policy, uh, for some time has been that, you know, it's up to the doctor's discretion. Uh, so if you go in and, you know, I've always encouraged vets to tell their doctor that they're, that they either are, are using medical cannabis or that they would like to, to, uh, uh, integrate, um, medical cannabis into their treatment regimen. Um, and and 99 percent of the time that that works well, you know. I just got an email yesterday from a vet telling me his doctor put that in his file in a positive way, uh, you know, and that she hopes someday she'll be able to actually, you know, prescribe uh, medical cannabis for him. Um, but you know, some veterans have complained. Or, or let me put it this way: the there are a lot of veterans who are afraid. Because they've heard rumors and stuff or stories um, that if they they admit that they're using cannabis, that the VA will take away all their their medications. Um, I do know of a couple of cases and they're all uh, more than two years old where that happened, and we were able to to rectify that situation when I found out about it uh, because again, that's not the VA policy, but that doesn't mean there isn't a rogue doctor or two out there. Uh, who just has something, you know, against cannabis, um, you know, that, that doesn't want to uh, go by the rules. Um, recently, the Senate passed an amendment, uh, which they've done, which they also did last year, and we'll talk about that in a second, but that would allow uh, VA doctors to to work closely with, with veterans who are using uh, cannabis as part of their treatment regimen. They would not be able to provide them cannabis, but they'd be able to, you know really work openly with uh, you know with the vet about that the same amendment was passed in both the house and the senate last year uh and it went to uh uh conferences, all bills that are passed uh uh you know in the two chambers do, do. and it was it was unbelievably in a very rare situation which re- hardly ever happens I'm told by by our representatives in Congress uh, that it was stripped out that amendment allowing doctors VA doctors to do that was stripped out of that bill uh, I found out again from the inside that the, the, the main person behind doing that uh, was our uh, the brave leader of the Senate uh, Mitch McConnell uh, he was the driving force behind that along with a Another Senator Kirk, who uh, was not reelected. He was from Illinois. Uh, and then a uh, a Congressman Hal Rogers, who's also from uh, uh, from Kentucky, as is uh, Mitch McConnell. So, you know, again, I'm sure that if you look at the donations that those particular individuals got for their campaigns, you're going to see a lot of money coming in from big pharmaceutical companies. Uh, and so, you know, I've, I've, a, I've come to a point now where, you know, we're really trying to put pressure on Mitch McConnell and some of these other, uh, representatives um you know to 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 walk the walk and quit wrapping themselves in the American flag and claiming to be pro veteran but they're okay with more than 18,000 uh brave men and women being killed every year uh by prescription drugs so in one year we lose more veterans in one single year then the U.S. has suffered in combat casualties in every year combined since the end of the Vietnam War in 1975, and you can throw in everybody that died in on 9/11 as well, and you still don't get to the number that we lose every single year. So, um, you know, so that's that's pretty much the legal the legal uh, uh, background, I guess, on that bill.
2: Right, right. Well, we're going to go ahead and take a break. You're listening to the American Heroes Network Radio, powered by Voice America on the Variety Channel, and we'll be right back.
0: Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at T R N.
5: Network.com and syndicated on iTunes.
1: Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain
2: inspired really
1: fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are tuned into American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our
2: program. Welcome back. We're here with our guest, Roger Martin from Grow for Vets. And, Roger, that was uh, pretty interesting what we talked about on break, and I would like to bring that out again. What would happen? I think, wouldn't there be ramifications also on on a VA doctor?
4: You know? uh, There's not supposed to be, no, at all. Um, that's that's not the policy. You know, the one exception uh, that I, that I need to probably get in, guys, is the fact that, if you are a veteran and you are in an official uh, drug rehab program, uh, then, you pr- then you almost certainly are not going to be allowed to, uh, to utilize cannabis. And if you do that, that can result in uh, some repercussions if you, if you uh, uh, test positive for THC. Um, but, again, that's the only exception to the rule. Uh, the VA policy is what it is, and it's a, it's, it's that there is to be no punitive action taken against any veteran who utilizes cannabis as part of their treatment regimen, as long as they reside in a state where cannabis is legal. So, you know, that's kind of the VA's way of dancing around it, but believe me, it's, it's major progress. Um, you know, in January, starting in January 2014, when I actually had official business cards and stuff. You know, I would I'd give a card to to every every uh, uh, healthcare provider that I encountered at the VA uh, when I was there. Uh, without exception, they all politely they smiled and they all politely slid my card back to me across the desk. Uh, you know, but about two years ago that changed. I mean, they they not only took my card, they wanted to talk about some of their veterans that, that are patients that that uh, that utilize cannabis and, and ask me questions about, you know, the thousands of veterans I've talked to now. You know, and I know that, you know, in the medical community, a lot of time it's all about, well, where are the studies and blah, blah, blah. There have not been a lot of studies simply because it was illegal to, to do a study. Um, but, you know, I don't really care about studies uh, anymore. I've decided just in the last uh, six months or so, um, thousands of veterans, have told me in my face now that cannabis is the only thing that's ever helped them with PTSD. For example, not one drug the VA's given them has helped at all. Cannabis is the only thing that's ever helped them. So you know, I don't need a, a scientific study to tell me uh, tell me that it works. We have so many veterans we can talk about. You know, later in the show, who uh, so I can tell you stories of veterans who have utilized cannabis. Uh, to either greatly reduce the number of, amount of opiates that they take, uh, you know, or um, uh, to completely stop taking them. And, you know, that was kind of my start was uh, when OxyContin first hit the market, that's what they prescribe. I was prescribed. uh, It was actually by a civilian doctor. Uh, And of course, they, 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 he told me he was a friend kind of, and he told me that they claimed it was not addictive, but it's a narcotic, an opiate. So he figured it was addictive. Uh, so he wasn't very confident in that. Uh, but the claim, that claim by the by Purdue Pharmaceutical was, is that it was not addictive. Uh, they later paid a, a 250 million dollar fine for lying about that fact. Um, but again, 250 million dollars to them is probably less than they make in a week on OxyContin. So uh, you know, just kind of a, another one of the stupid government. Uh, Deals. It was like a slap on the wrist. But you know, if it were not for the fact that uh, that I was finally convinced uh, after a lot of pushing, believe me, from family members and my doctors, you know, to try cannabis, I you know almost certainly would not uh, be here today because I was taking 180 milligrams a day of OxyContin and up to 40 milligrams of Ambien just to be able to get one to two hours sleep at night. So uh, that's back in October 2010. Uh, and, you know, I was on a dead-end street with that. And so, you know, cannabis is, is a thing that allowed me to, uh, you know, not only to, to, to get off of those deadly drugs, uh, but also to, to live a, a pretty normal life, you know, with the pain that, uh, you know, with the pain issues that I have. Uh, and so it was really a, a big deal. But I would encourage veterans still to tell their doctors, if you're in a legal state, um, that you utilize uh, medical cannabis and what you use it for, and the, but, but explain the effects that it has on you, why you prefer that, you know, to the drugs that they're giving you, uh, uh, you know, and so on. So, um, you know, again, I encourage vets still to do that. If you that, that's one of the big, uh, another big injustice, uh, uh, Gary and Bill, um, with this is the fact that. You know, why should a veteran who lives in, in Colorado or Oregon or Nevada uh, or some other state where it's legal, why should they be allowed to utilize medical cannabis and a veteran who lives in a state where it's not legal, who walked the same walk, made the same sacrifices, paid the same price, it, it's just obscene that they're not allowed to utilize cannabis. So you know the only answer i can give those veterans unfortunately is you know you need to move to a state you know where it is legal you know and lots of veterans have done that i mean thousands of them uh you know in colorado the numbers tens of thousands of veterans who've actually relocated to the state of colorado same thing with oregon um just because they 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 tried cannabis illegally uh, or in a state where it was illegal and it helped them so much it changed their lives so much that they that they had to move to a state where they could legally uh, access it and and not be a criminal when they do so. So um, again, you know, that's one of the toughest toughest things I have to deal with again are vets that are in states where it's not yet legal, uh, and I know that they should have the same right to use it as any other vet. So,
2: right. Now, what's sort of a stickler with me is uh, when I hear about a state saying, okay, it's, uh, it's recreational use, it's fine, but yet the government's the one that can come in and still go after you. Is that right?
4: Well, that's true. I mean, it's still federally illegal. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the enforcement of, 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 of legal activity uh, by the federal government has decreased significantly. A lot of people were freaked out, you know, when President Trump uh, was elected. Uh, I certainly was not one of those. And I, and, in my opinion, he's the the most pro-veteran president that we've had in my lifetime, and I'm 65 years old. So, um, you know, I really believe that he's going to walk the walk. I believe he already is with the, the VA. I was a little concerned when he did not replace the uh, the guy that was in charge, that Obama had in charge, you know, until I bothered to do the research and, and look what this guy had really done sort of, you know, under the radar, I will tell you that that he's indicated that he is open to, uh, you know, considering, uh, you know, medical cannabis, uh, again, in states where it's legal uh, as a treatment option for uh, for veterans. You know, my, the whole thing with the treatment option aspect of it, to me, guys, is that, that You know, cannabis does, can't kill you. So, why would that not be, not just a treatment option, but why would that not be the first treatment option? You know, if a veteran wants that, I mean, you don't want to push it on them. But if they indicate they would like to try that or use it um, as a treatment option, that should be their first option. If that doesn't work for some reason, well, then you can give them the drugs that are killing 50 of us a day. You know, but to do it the other way around to me makes no sense at all. To start off with the drugs that can kill you, and you know, then go from there, uh, just makes absolutely no sense to me. So. You know, again, the federal government, uh, you know, in their eyes, it is still illegal. You know, a lot of that has, again, to do with money. Uh, law enforcement, especially at the federal level, uh, well, not that's not true, I guess. But, but even at the local level, uh, all law enforcement, their primary reason, uh, in my mind, uh, for being uh, fi- being uh, against uh, uh, medical cannabis or cannabis of any kind is they feel that it's going they're gonna lose their budget that they have for drug enforcement. You know, and to me that's just idiotic. I mean, you know, why not say, hey, if we don't have to enforce marijuana laws, now we can really go after these dirtbags that are, that are making meth and, you know, selling cocaine and heroin and, you know, and all that crap. Um, You know, and they still need a budget. They could get a bigger budget, but they could do things that that have a bigger impact, you know, on society uh, than, than arresting people that are involved in, you know, in cannabis.
2: Wow. Well, we're going to go ahead and take a break. You're listening to the American Heroes Network Radio, powered by Voice America on the Variety Channel. And we'll be right back.
1: That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program.
2: Welcome back. We're here with our guest, Roger Martin, from growforvets.org. And, Bill, you want to go ahead? What's your question?
3: Well, Roger, you know, so many hurdles, so many pitfalls for the veteran who served the country to have to negotiate. And uh, this just creates so many frustrations. You know, I, I've always believed, uh, and I mentioned earlier, about uh, the, uh, the lack of information in our veterans' community. And it seems that we have better success when we're doing things among ourselves to help each other, such as veterans helping uh, other veterans to overcome whatever uh, creates a problem. Roger, I'm I'm really uh, interested in knowing about networking. If you've done that in terms with other organizations in general, uh, uh, veterans organizations in particular, to help with getting the word and uh, and reaching the objective
4: for uh, vet uh, growth for vets. You know, we have done some of that. you know, it's, it's, it's proven difficult in many cases, uh, especially early on, to work with other organizations. Um, on, on the local level, we have had support from uh, some chapters of the American Legion and the VFW, uh, you know, mostly because I was a member. Um, but, you know, on a national level, uh, you know, we don't get that support. Uh, even from an organization like Wounded Warriors, for example. They don't want to have anything on a national level to do or official level to do with us, Uh, but we have plenty of Wounded Warriors members who are also members of Grow for Vets USA. And membership in Grow for Vets USA, by the way, is free. Uh, There are a lot of benefits to it. We can talk more about that in a little while. But um, anyway, just growforvets.org, and you can join uh, and, and so you need to be a member if you want to be involved in Operation Airdrop that's coming up, the program I talked about, uh, with the free, uh, hemp oil based products that will be launching in the next couple of months here. Um, so, you know, we, 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 we do a lot of networking, um, if you will, uh, you know, in that regard, you know, vet to vet, uh, as you indicated, uh, you know, Bill, that, that certainly is the, is proven to be the best way to, to get things done. You know, when I first started doing this, uh, you know, I have a background in, in public speaking um, and in and, and the entertainment business and some other things that, you know, I've been blessed to be able to, you know, get up on a stage or whatever or, or you know, talk to a senator, you know, without any hesitation or problem. Um, you, know, I, you know, I could have just, I, I you know, I considered for a very brief time being an advocate you know, and doing some of the advocacy work that some of these other people do. Uh, and I decided that the best way I could serve, you know, my brothers and sisters wasn't that way. It was actually get down in the trenches uh, and do the work. Uh, and instead of just lobbying for them to have access to, to medical cannabis, to actually give them, you know, that medical cannabis for free. So, you know, that, that's what prompted my decision to go that route as opposed to being a, an advocate. You know, you've mentioned a couple times um, uh, recreational cannabis. You know, it, it irritates some people, but I, but I state it over and over. Uh, I'm, I'm not someone you would consider a cannabis advocate at all. Um, I really don't care if uh, cannabis is legal recreationally at all. Uh, the only reason I care about it, I guess, is a fact it does make it easier for Grow for Vets USA to operate uh, in states where it is recreationally legal, because we can give free cannabis to every veteran, uh, not just ones who have medical cards. So, uh, but you know, we do some, we've done some other cool stuff in states where we can't give it away. New Mexico is is kind of our shining star in that area. Uh, we, we cannot legally give cannabis to veterans there, even though it's a medical state. So what we do is we actually provide uh, free, uh, not free to us because we have to raise money to do it, but we provide the veterans with free uh, recommendations uh, that you have to have in uh, in New Mexico. And it's something that you really need a professional to help you fill out all the paperwork and crap that goes with it, uh, typically, I think they charge $150, $200 bucks to do that. Uh, so we're able to provide that as a free service to uh, to our members uh, in New Mexico. So, you know, that's one example of a program we have that doesn't really involve direct distribution, uh, you know, of, of cannabis products to veterans. Um, well,
3: well, Roger, you know, uh, another thing comes to mind that uh, when uh, we return to uh, home and community, as you've mentioned, after serving on the battlefield in combat, where we would expect that everything uh, is going to move in a positive way, and in most cases it doesn't. It's uh, basically what we have to uh, rely upon is our families, our family connection. Tell our listening audience uh, uh, just a little bit how important it is uh, for family participation in uh, uh, in this area of helping our veterans to recover,
4: well, that's a great question, and it's uh, you know it's absolutely a critical area. You know the most heart wrenching. Um, I'm, I'm trying to get emotional here. I <laughs> think the most heart wrenching um, uh, situations you know that I have faced since I started doing this. Um, people don't realize that. Uh, or stop to think about the fact that a veteran knows why he has the crap in his head that's in his head, for example. Um, and if you haven't been in combat, you you could talk to your blue in the face and you, you can't explain to somebody what it's really like. Okay. Um, and so it's difficult for wives. It's almost impossible for children to really understand why, you know, when daddy came home, he's not the same daddy that he was when he left. Um, you know, so many of these men and women and mommy too. So, and now I, 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 I try to always remember the women. Cause in my day, of course, the only time you saw a woman is if you got hit. So you didn't really want to see a, a, a nurse, <laughs> um, you know, but now it's, it, you know, it's men and women. But the thing people don't realize is the effect that, that, that these issues have on families. The divorce rate among combat veterans, as I'm sure you know, is astronomical. Um, I mean, it's just terrible, you know, families that are broken up, uh, you know, but the, 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 the most emotional thing that I, that I get are when I have someone, a, a wife typically, come up to me and thank me for giving her back to her husband. Um, and of course, when they thank me, they're thanking Grow for Vets. But I'm the face of Grow for Vets. So, uh, you know, and the, and the hardest ones are, you know, I've had a couple kids, uh, you know, at family type events that we've done, uh, you know, thank me for giving me back their daddy, um, you know, because they used cannabis that we gave them uh, to get off of the drugs that were making them crazy. The fact of the matter is, is that that many of the drugs that the VA dispenses actually aggravate a veteran's condition rather than, 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 than alleviate it. Uh, and so, you know, there's no other way to say it other than, you know, some of these vets, uh, you know, when they come back, I mean, they withdraw. You know, they don't want to leave their bedroom kind of a thing, and so they can't do things with their kids uh, like they used to do. And it's just a really difficult uh, situation. So having the family support, you know, is is just absolutely critical, uh, you know, Bill, and it's a, you know, it's it's a difficult thing when you talk about cannabis because you know we've all been brainwashed that it's a, you know, a deadly drug and a, uh, you know, it's a gateway drug is something that I hear a lot. Uh, you know, I do not believe cannabis is a gateway drug because I've never met anybody who uses cannabis who didn't start off by stealing pills from their their parents' medicine cabinet or liquor from their liquor cabinet. Uh, you know, so, so those are the that's the those are the gateway drugs, um, you know, rather than, than, than cannabis. So, uh but especially spouses. I mean to have the support of a spouse and the parents, uh, you know, is absolutely the key. Of course the veteran has to to, to man up or, or or whatever term you want to use and you know decide to make a change, you know, in their life as well. You know, I thought when I was taking 180 milligrams of OxyContin a day that I was a normal functioning, uh, you know, person. Uh, until the first, I was living on Lake Tahoe at the time in Crystal Bay, and uh, when I when I stopped using it, uh, and I was they, they induced something with another drug, and so I was out for 48 hours. But when I woke up, I was laying on my back, looking out at it, Crystal Bay and Lake Tahoe. And the first thing I remember was I could feel the air moving on the hair on my arms, and I just broke down. I mean, I thought I. I mean, my body had become that desensitized from taking all those drugs, you know. So obviously, I was not a normal, you know, functioning person uh, when all of that was going on. So, you know, our mission is to give to give spouses back their, their husband or wife, to give children back their daddy. Um, you know, and, and those are the the, the, the you know, when I hear stories from people like that, you know, those are the best stories. Um, you know, there a lot of other stories involving veterans, you know, who contact me who have utilized cannabis, as I indicated earlier, to uh, greatly reduce or even completely eliminate, you know, all of the deadly drugs that they're taking. Um you know, and it's tough for me from a pharmaceutical standpoint. You know, one of the things I left uh, the military with was hepatitis C, you know, which now is a presumptive condition, uh, or for some time has been. But um, anyway, um, you know, I, I, I took a cure for that uh, three times. The third time it finally worked with a numerical drug uh, a couple of years ago. Um, and you know, so it's kind of a it's tough for me to, to rail against pharmaceutical pharmaceuticals when in all probability uh if it was a pharmaceutical that's, that extended my life expectancy uh, you know, by a decade or two. So um, so all drugs or all prescription medications I guess are not you know, are not bad, but my point is, is that anytime you have an option where you can use something natural as opposed to a prescription drug, uh, you, you're wise to do that. Uh, I
3: right. think that's much agreeable. Uh, the synthetic stuff is always something to be
4: questionable and concerned about. Absolutely, you know, and, and our body is is loaded. <clears throat> with cannabinoid receptors so when you put cannabis into your body your body knows how to deal with it what to do with it but we don't have morphine or fentanyl receptors or oxycontin receptors in our body so you put that that's all foreign stuff going into your body that your body has no idea you know what the heck to do with it so um, you know that's a really good uh, uh, you know good point that you bring up that it's always better to, to avoid uh, you know the pharmaceuticals
2: if you can. That's right. That's right. Well, why don't you tell us a success story?
4: Well, again, we've had you know over the last four years, we've had had many, many of them. Um, you know, I think that that you know without necessarily going to a single story, uh, in general, as I indicated, the you know the we have hundreds of veterans that that have contacted us who've used. Uh, cannabis to get off of opiates uh, you know that's the most critical thing because those drugs obviously are the most dangerous um, you know we have a lot of veterans who, who've never tried cannabis especially guys that are like from the uh, from the like the first Gulf War era um, you know maybe in their early 50s or something who've never tried cannabis at all you know who come to us we had one guy who uh, in particular sticks out in my mind who had a shoulder injury, and you know he was—they were giving him opiates, and you know for that, and um, you know he came to us, and we provided him with the with the topical. Is all that he wanted. He didn't want to want to vape vape marijuana or eat it or anything else. So um, we gave him that. You know, and two months later, when I saw him again, I mean, he'd just fallen all over himself. You know, telling me, you know, how he, he was able to quit all of the all of the opiates. Uh, you know, and use this uh, this topical uh, that his wife put on his shoulder alleviated all of his pain in his shoulder, and it was a very serious injury from a from a helicopter crash. Um, so that was that was a you know you know is one example. But as I said, that the, the most heart wrenching ones and the most I guess rewarding ones are the ones where you know people thank us for for allowing their veteran to become a normal person again, if you will, whatever normal is, uh, rather than a raving lunatic or someone who's just totally withdrawn or both. Uh, and so those are the stories, those are the set stories that, you know, that mean the most to me, um, you know, the ones where we've, we've, we've done something that, that we feel helped keep a family together.
2: Exactly. Well, we're going to go ahead with a break. You're listening to the American Heroes Network Radio, powered by Voice America on the Variety Channel, and we'll be right back.
1: Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com.
2: Now, back to our program. Welcome back. We're here with our guest, Roger Martin from Grow for Vets. Now, Roger, how can our listeners help?
4: Well, there's a number of ways. Um, just real quickly, Individuals can help us just by going to our website, growforvets.org, and click on the donate button. Uh, They can donate just a a set amount, or they can donate $19 a month or more uh, to help us out with all of our programs. Um, We also have several types of sponsorships available for businesses, traditional sponsorships that involve uh, you know, paying X amount of dollars a month or donating X amount of dollars per month to us. And then we have some other uh, companies that have done some really innovative things for us. Uh, a company called Open Vape, uh, we have a, an intellectual property license with them and they donate uh, a dollar amount for every vape pen battery that, uh, that they sell that has an American flag on it uh, or camo uh, with our Grofer Vets logo on there. Uh, we've got a, a company in, in Colorado, Euflora. Um, they're donating 3% of their sales every Saturday uh, in the month of July. So from five Saturdays, they have four locations. That's another way that people or companies can support us. Um, a company called Dr. Dabber here in Las Vegas um, actually uh, donated. Uh, they had a special product that they developed. Uh, and they donated uh, 33% of the sale price of that uh, to us so that was a significant donation and then another company in Las Vegas DB Labs uh you know tests all of the products that we give to uh to veterans to make sure that it's safe because obviously the last thing we want to do is give something uh, to someone that could that could potentially harm them uh, we do have an event coming up in Las Vegas on July 29th uh, you can get more information on that, uh, on our website as well under events, grow for vets, uh, slash events. Um, and again, we've been blessed to have a lot of donations of products, uh, and we, we get those all the time and we very much appreciate those because that's how we're able to give out, uh, this free medical, uh, cannabis products to vets. Uh, but we do need financial support to, to support, uh, you know the infrastructure that we're that we're building now. Uh, you know, so we have people behind the scenes that are actually working every day. Uh, you know, to uh, to help our vets. You know, I'll tell you that that up to this point, too, all everybody involved in Grow for Vets has been a volunteer, myself included. Um, you know, I put <laughs> big six figures into this. Um, you know, but again, it's my passion. So. You know, we really, could we really could use financial support? So, anybody that uh, would like to help us out, uh, we are, as my, in my knowledge, we're the only tax exempt nonprofit that does what we do. Uh, so, your donation is tax deductible. Um, and again, growforvets.org. dot org. All
2: right. When is Operation Airdrop supposed to happen?
4: Well, we hope to launch that um, prior to September first. So. Uh, we're working diligently on that. Uh, we're encouraging people, we're taking, people can sign up for it already uh, on our website. Um, again, just Grow for Vets, uh, and they can, uh, uh, if they go to the tab that says Our Mission, uh, there are several things there, um, and Operation Airdrop is, a, op, excuse me, Operation Airdrop is among, uh, you know, the, the items in the drop-down menu. Uh, and, and that explains pretty much what's going on with that. Uh, and that will be updated, you know, pretty much on a daily basis as we get uh, get closer to launch.
2: All right. Well, you we only have a couple minutes left. Uh, Roger, it was a pleasure having you on our show today. And what would you like to share with our listeners in closing?
4: Well, what I'd like to share is, is you know, certainly anybody uh, who's, who's a, who is not a veteran, uh, you know, I would just like to ask you to, to please, you know, realize that that, that your veteran, whether it's a spouse, a, you know, a child, a friend, whatever, uh, h- has been through some things that that are very uh, some experiences that are extremely difficult, and you know, they need your understanding, they need your love, they need your support, they need your help and most importantly, I feel, they need your encouragement. So encourage your vet to, you know, it, not just cannabis is not an end-all cure-all, but to, to try different things, whether it's yoga, uh, acupuncture, whatever. Try any option other than opiates uh, and to get rid of the opiates because it's with opiates, it's not if you're going to die, it's when you're going to die. Um, because if you take opiates... Every day that goes by, the risks increase that you're not going to wake up uh, tomorrow morning. So, you know, please do everything you can to help, uh, help veterans.
2: Wow, that's true. Bill?
3: Roger, thank you very much for your service to our great country. And thank you also for your continued service to our veterans in our communities who need the help that you are pushing for and i believe that our success is going to be in those areas where we have veterans helping veterans it's been a pleasure having you on our show today and i look forward to maybe having a return visit with you uh so we can continue to get this message out to our uh, uh veterans in the community
4: well, I appreciate right. that, and thanks for the opportunity and and I want you guys to know, uh, thanks for your service too, Bill, by the way, but want you guys to know that that um, you know you guys are as much American heroes as the brave men and women. I'm able to serve every day because without people like you who are willing to put the message out there, uh, we would get no traction at all. So thank you so much for what you do.
2: All right. Well, thank you. And thanks to all our listeners and supporters. And remember, we spotlight and promote the best available information of interest to America's veterans and their families anytime, anywhere and on any mobile device. I'm Gary Ray, along with my co-host, Bill, and our guest, Roger Martin. Thanks for joining us today and we'll see you next week.